You're listening to Woman in Politics London. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Woman in Politics hashtag Ask Your podcast series. Um, my name is Maria Rango, and I am one of the board members of Women in Politics. So the 2020 hashtag Ask Your campaign was launched by Women in Politics to help encourage women to consider to run for office at whatever level of government um, they choose. We are interviewing women who are either in office or are running for office to share a little bit about um, their advice and experience to really help inspire other women to join in the race. And our hope for this is to be able to have more women's voices at the decision-making table. Uh, so today we have the privilege of welcoming Kate Young, the Minister of Parliament for the London West Region, um, to tell us a little bit about her experience. So welcome MP Kate Young. Hi, Maria. It's so nice to be here and chat with you. Well, um, so how about we start by you telling me a little bit about what inspired you to um, your decision to run in the first place? Well, it's, uh, it's an interesting journey and uh, everybody's journey is a little different. For me, it came later in life. I'm 65 now and I've only been a member of parliament for just over five years. And it was a, a situation where I, I was a journalist, so I was very interested in politics and, uh, and was interviewing politicians all the time. Um, but I never thought I wanted to be a politician. Uh, but I did realize over the years, and when I uh, left the media and went into public relations, uh, both for a school board and a bank, that I enjoyed being on the inside and I enjoyed uh, making the decisions rather than just asking people about them. So uh, what happened was uh, someone asked me if I would consider running and they were from a party that I, I wasn't aligned with. And uh, I, it made me start thinking, though, uh, what would happen if the Liberals asked me to run? And it was just in the back of my mind and for about six years. And, uh, and then they did ask me. And uh, so then I really had to think of this seriously. And it took a while, but uh, it wasn't something that I would have thought that I had the personality for or the skill set. Uh, but I was wrong. And, uh, and here we are. Okay, um, so I was just interesting what you were saying at the beginning. Um, so why weren't you quite interested when you were first approached? Was it more because of like you said, your personality you didn't think matched up or you didn't have the skills and sort of what personality did you think a politician would have or the skill set? Well, I was not uh, the type of person who'd be the first one to jump up and argue an, an issue. I was the listener in the crowd. And, you know, that's something I find uh, that is very important as a politician to listen. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of politicians just want to talk. And so uh, I use that to my advantage. And I think that there, are, there is room for people to, uh, to really get a sense of what uh, others are thinking about and being able to represent others, not just your own view. And so uh, over the years, I started to realize, you know, there is room in politics for a lot of different types of personalities. You don't have to be the type. I was always very shy. Uh, 
So there was a part of me that thought, well, that's just not something that I would be uh, comfortable with. And believe me, I pushed myself out of my comfort zone every day. And I think that's important no matter what, no matter what area you're in. If you want to have a full life, you're not going to be able to be comfortable every day. So, um, so I think uh, over the years, I realized, you know what, I really think I could do this. And it was, but it took me longer than it should have. I wish I'd gotten into it earlier. Wonderful. Um, so I guess other than maybe going through like your personality um, challenges and trying to push yourself out of those comfort zones, um, what would you consider to be the biggest hurdle you had to overcome, I guess, within yourself or even just in the general, like running and being in office? Well, you know, it, it's kind of, it sounds like it's not a big deal, but actually walking up to a door and knocking on a door and having someone answer who you don't know and say, hi, I'm Kate Young and I'm running for the Liberal Party and I hope I would like to uh, get your support. And just those cold calls and making, and, and making sure that you get out into the community and you're talking to so many different people about so many different issues, that scared me. Uh, but it shouldn't have because uh, in my role as a journalist, I still, I did have to talk to people uh, that I didn't know. And so, but it did kind of keep me back from actually becoming the voice of a political party and taking that on. And I think that was one of the reasons is because I was a journalist and we were told, no, you can't take sides. Well, I was changing completely. I was saying, no, I'm going to take a side and I truly believe this and I will stand up for this and I will uh, make sure that my, what my uh, values are, uh, that people understand and know. And uh, I had to realize that it was okay uh, to, uh, to go into a situation where not everyone's going to agree with you and that you would have to hold your own. And so that's what I did. And it's, uh, it's been an exciting uh, almost six years, I must admit. I, I, I can't imagine um, not having uh, had the, the wherewithal to do this. And that's why I really think it's important for younger women to get involved and to consider politics as an area of, uh, of interest, as a career option. And I think the fact that I had a lot of uh, experience in other careers did help me, give me, it, it made me very, a wide breadth of knowledge, but I think I could have, uh, I could have come at it a lot sooner. And, uh, and I think that's what we need. We need younger women to get involved right from the get-go and we need younger women to, to believe that they have a voice because you do. Uh, but we just have to be able to use it. And I think that's uh, probably the hardest part for women when we're in an, a meeting. And I come from a generation where uh, I was the only woman in the room. I mean, uh, when I first got my uh, first radio job, I was the only woman in the newsroom. Uh, there were maybe 15 of us and I was the one woman and I was the token and they that's it. That's how it worked. And so you have to get used to being in that situation. And unfortunately, it's, it's carried on through the years where uh, men still uh, dominate. And so you have to be able to find your voice and make sure that they hear it. And, and that's always been a challenge because, uh, because you're in a minority. 
but I think over the years, I've just learned how to deal with, uh, uh, with uh, always being around strong men and being able to have my voice. Well, when you were faced by being the only woman um, in a lot of the situations or in a lot of um, these meetings, um, sort of how did that feel for you? Were there any barriers or obstacles you had to overcome to really get your voice heard? I think uh, there, there have been over the years, uh, and you really do have to uh, make sure that you're not always agreeing with everybody around the table. And it's not easy. And sometimes you, uh, you have to be very um, sure of your argument and make sure that you can uh, express yourself so that you can uh, turn uh, other minds to what you're trying to, to say. And uh, it's, it's something that I have had to deal with over the years. And I, I you know, I find it, it's just a part of uh, being a woman. I think uh, it's been that way. It certainly has for the uh, 40 years that I've been working, it's just the norm. I've never been, it's never been any different for me. I mean, when I went to um, uh, Fanshawe College to take broadcast journalism, there were more men than women. And it's, it just feels like it's, that's the way it has always been. And it's really frustrating. Now, mind you, in journalism, that has changed. There are a lot more women in journalism now than there were. Uh, but in politics right now, you know, we're still the minority. And we want to change that. And we picked up two new seats uh, the other night in by-elections, two strong female candidates, really uh, excited to see them joining our ranks uh, because there are some amazing women that I work with. And I'll say this on both sides of the house, on all sides of the house. And I, I'm just really fortunate that the women that I'm, I, I work with now are, we're all very supportive of each other. Unfortunately, I think years ago when I was uh, in uh, male-dominated uh, careers, uh, I was competing with other women for the job. You know, they, they were hiring a woman. So I wasn't up against men for that job. There was a, a spot, they wanted a woman. So I was competing against other women and I don't think that's fair. And I think what's happened because of that, in many cases, women turn on each other and that is the wrong thing to do. You need to support each other. And so I hope that is, is changing. And if it isn't, if that's an area where you see concern, where when you're in any, um, any level, um, step back and take notice of that because it really is a must. You must have other women who will support you. And that was right from the get-go when I started thinking about running. I talked to a male uh, a friend who actually knew a, a female MP, uh, Carolyn Bennett from Toronto. And he said, you need to talk to Carolyn. And so I called her up and I said, listen, I'm thinking of running. And she was all excited and said, that's great. We have a weekly telephone call with all these women who are thinking of running. And so I became a part of that. And it was just uh, so good to hear other women who were having the same challenges I was having. And that was important to know that, uh, that you're not alone and that uh, there are other women there that have your back and will help you get elected and help you be successful. And we are so, our, our uh, women's caucus, our liberal caucus of women, there's probably 30 of us, 
it's uh, an exciting two hours each week when we get to talk about issues that really matter to us. And uh, it's, it's, um, it's just uh, a wonderful opportunity and I'm so honored to be able to be a part of it. So that's helped me. Right. So as you had mentioned during some of these calls, they would, uh, women would come up and sort of tell a little bit about the challenges they're facing or maybe some issues within um, themselves that wouldn't, that were preventing them from running. Um, I was hoping you might be able to elaborate on those and maybe what kind of support systems either they are right now that um, help them overcome it or which ones could be in place. Well, I'll tell you an, uh, an example is uh, when you decide to run for federal politics, and I'll, I'll just speak about that, you are working with your local group, uh, your local uh, uh, riding association. And for many uh, women who decide they want to run, they don't have the support of their local riding associations. The local riding associations have uh, historically been very male dominated. And so if you're a woman who says, okay, I want to run in this riding, um, you first have to make sure that the riding association is um, okay with that. And so you have to start uh, making those connections very early. And you might be up against a man who also wants that seat. So you have to actually run a mini election just to, just to be able to represent the Liberals or the Conservatives or NDP. This happens in many ridings and it did in the riding that I was in. It was contested. And so I was running against um, a man and he had been with the riding association for many years. And so that was a challenge, but it was a good challenge because uh, I heard and, and Carolyn Bennett uh, had said and a lot of other women had said, if you can win the, the, uh, the uh, riding association, if you can actually win the nomination, you can win the election because in some ways, the nomination at the riding association level is even tougher because you're running against people who you who believe in the same values as you do. So you really need to be able to show that you can win the election. And so it was, it was a challenge for me, but that's one way that uh, women can really support each other by saying, you know, if you're having trouble uh, getting um, the writing association to uh, take, you, take you seriously, that you need other women to support you so that you can um, have that, uh, gain that strength to, to keep moving and to make sure that you have people within the writing association who believe in you. That's very interesting, but yeah. Okay, um, so really my final question for you today would be, so what pieces of advice or guidance would you give to anyone that is thinking about um, getting involved in politics and running uh, for an election? Well, I think the, the one thing you have to keep in mind is that you have to wear a lot of different hats. You have to know um, a great deal about a lot of different issues. And I just sat down before this interview and just listed all of the issues that I've dealt with today. And it's now, what, 4.30. Uh, so I've... Uh, been in touch with a company, a local company that's having trouble with an export permit. Uh, 
I've had uh, um, correspondence on people who are worried about drinking water on First Nations uh, communities, Indigenous housing. We have something coming up on Indigenous housing that I'm doing some research on. Um, the high cost of internet, that was someone else's concern. Systemic racism, someone wanted to know what we're doing as far as systemic racism is concerned. We have the health minister uh, coming virtually to London in a couple of weeks. So we're working on how, what we're going to have, uh, have her do when she comes to London virtually. I had a mini French lesson because I have to give a speech tomorrow that I just got today on uh, economic development. And part of it is in French. And that leads to my next uh, tidbit of um, uh, information is if you want to be in federal politics, you need to learn French. I wish I had earlier. I did take it when I was a child, but in London, I don't need to use it. And so I really uh, haven't got the French training that I should have uh, received before becoming a member of parliament. It isn't impossible, but it does, I believe, hold you back. And I certainly uh, really encourage anyone who's seeking to get into federal politics to make sure that they're fluent in both official languages. And you can become fluent in French if you're um, uh, an Anglophone. It's not easy and I continue to work at it, but uh, it's very important. Cool. Well, I wanted to thank you again for really all your insight and as well as your time. And hopefully maybe we can keep in touch a little bit through Women in Politics and the upcoming of our other campaigns as well. Um, to help women uh, really show their voice in these decision-making tables. I really hope to, Maria. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and call anytime. Thanks. Don't forget to follow the rest of this campaign on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. <laughs>